0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. You're listening to episode number 51 of the Lean Blog Podcast for October 13th, 2008. I have a really special guest today. He is retired Lieutenant Randy Russell from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Department in Jacksonville, Florida. and He's going to be talking about their efforts starting back in 2004 to use lean methods, lean thinking, continuous process improvement to uh, improve law enforcement. So I know that may seem like an unlikely place to use lean, but I think you'll learn a lot from listening uh, to Randy in both this part and what will be part two um, coming in future weeks. As always, thanks for listening. Well, again, our guest today on the Lean Blog podcast is Randy Russell. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Glad
1: to be here. Well,
0: I was wondering if you could you know, basically just start off by telling us your story um, with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Department, um, how, how the department got started with Lean, and, and how you got involved with it personally.
1: Mark, uh, thanks. Those are great questions. <clears throat> uh, as you're aware, and your guests are probably becoming aware, that law enforcement is, is just now... Uh, becoming exposed to lean and it's really kind of exciting to be in the beginning of that and how, how the, all this worked out was John Rutherford was elected sheriff in Duval County in 2003 and took over and asked our city auditors to the sheriff's office auditors to take a look at all the processes and particularly the ones that involved uh, financial streams mm-hmm. and during this uh, they got to a uh, a unit called the forfeiture unit, and they found a situation where an officer who who didn't have a lot of supervision had squirreled away a half a million dollars in cash in a filing cabinet. Yeah, well, this guy is an unlucky individual because he had just finalized his divorce. He had travel plans to leave the country was retiring the next week and no doubt planning to take that money and uh, go and do other things with it. Well, anyway, he's a prisoner now. And uh, the sheriff realized that, you know, uh, he needed to start fresh with having the processes run as effectively and as efficiently as possible. And Maxine Pearson, who was our auditor at the time, Told the sheriff that the Jacksonville Electric Authority uh, was having some good luck using LEAN. And JEA is our kind of uh, quasi governmental utility company here. And they were having really good luck with it. So we started a continuous improvement unit in 'O Four, which is right after this uh, episode with the uh, filing cabinet money and stuff. And <clears throat> Maxine and Renee Chandler were the initial continuous improvement unit. But on top of that, they still had the auditor duties. So it, it, they really couldn't go full-time with it. And it was becoming clear that the results that were coming out of this were were pretty positive. Uh, one of the initial successes that they had, just doing a, a voice of the customer and uh, leaning up a, a copy center function, we were making 89 1,000 copies of general offense reports a week, and they were distributed to different units. And not everybody needed all of these reports. In fact, frequently, uh, what they were finding out was, you know, two-thirds or more were going in the garbage.
0: Yeah,
1: they were overproducing reports, I guess you could say. Exactly classic case of overproduction. And you can imagine, you know, all the back-end waste that drives that, too, because now you've got to have more paper to support this, and, you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> well, they went through the uh, through the event, and at the end of it, wound up saving 3.1 million copies a year. and And we're a good-sized agency, but that was a big number. Now, you know later on i did a little bit of uh figuring on that and and that that's about $12,000 worth of paper and and that's substantial but i mean it's you know in contrast to a third of a billion dollar budget you know it's 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 not a not a world stopper but here's here's the the most important thing is that 34% reduction in in the copies resulted in a 3.15 million copy a year production, if we only spent one minute handling each one of those pieces of paper from the time we order it, receive it, copy it, distribute it, people get it, carry it, look at it, then throw it away, haul it off, <clears throat> if we only spent one minute on each one of those pieces of paper, which is probably conservative, we just say fifty two thousand man hours.
0: So the time was the biggest factor,
1: then, it seems. Right. 52,000 hours is 25 employees, 25 full-time employees. That is a big number. Now, their pay packages, so so just in the recovered labor, you know, we're talking two-comma money on that one little deal. Well, things like that told the sheriff, we need to make this full-time. So... In 'o five, <clears throat> uh, I was coming off of being the lead planner for Super Bowl Thirty Nine in Jacksonville, and that was a really uh, awesome experience and an opportunity, and and you know just fortunate that it re- went really well, and a lot of people worked really really hard and did a great job on that, and and uh, <clears throat> Under Sheriff Frank McAfee gave me a CD and said, "Look at this." Well, it was the training material for the Introduction to Continuous Improvement class. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, and I said, you know, man, this, this just makes sense. This makes perfect sense. And he asked if I wanted to be involved in that. I, absolutely I want to be involved in this. This is, this is, you know, why do we do these things that don't make sense?
0: So I'm... And, I'm... I'm, I'm curious, uh, so you had this video about lean, continuous improvement. I assume it was um, a manufacturing-based video, and, and, and there was also exposure to an electric company. It's, it's kind of fascinating to see this, this spread of, of ideas across different industries, and, and I guess what, what, what was behind the openness to, to look outside of traditional law enforcement practices?
1: Wow. Well, that, that I tell you what, you're, you're asking great questions absolutely it was a cross-pollination of ideas and the 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 cd at the time that i looked at actually was the training material from the jacksonville lean consortium mm-hmm. and we'll talk about them probably throughout the the podcast <clears throat> excuse me okay. the lean consortium uh... right now is about 47 companies and government organizations that are all kind of pooling their resources to uh... to share lean best practices and uh... And it's really going well here in Jacksonville. And I was fortunate enough to be the chairman of the Jacksonville Link Consortium uh, here until just recently when I retired. Uh, well, it was the training material from that. And so what we had was not only the electric company, but manufacturing companies here in town, uh, the Navy, and others, and uh, a collaborative effort. So the training material came from a, a wide variety of things. Now, we we since took that and, and made it very law, law enforcement specific because our officers asked us to, and we were responding to our customer, and, and that's been a, that was a wise choice, and it's worked out very well.
0: And was um, speaking, you know, speaking of Jacksonville, was, was our good friend, the lean dentist, Dr. Bowery, involved in,
1: in that effort also at that point? Dr. Bari, my dentist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Yes. In fact, I, I chose him because, uh you know, I was in the consortium at the time and, you know, got to meet Sammy and, and realized what a bright fellow he was and went to his office and... This guy is absolutely lean. Having come from another practice where you'd sit and wait two hours to get 20 minutes worth of work done to go somewhere where you don't even sit down until you're in the chair, you walk in, you see it. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. So, Dr. Bari, I'm sorry, I I missed the initial question. I'm so proud of my my dentist. I (laughs) would brag on him every chance I get.
0: (laughs) Well, it's good to hear from a customer perspective. I think a lot of our listeners have heard the discussion I had with Sammy about his practice, but... yeah, you want to go to
1: a lean dentist, you'll never go to another <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> I think it's hard finding a lean dentist. I wish I could here in Texas.
1: True that. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: so yeah, So I, I think I got you off track a little bit. We're, we were talking about the cross-pollination of ideas across industries, and you know, so I guess it sounds like there was some, at least, initial openness from a leadership perspective and then a process of trying to adapt that for the police force. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely fair to say, and it's probably the biggest challenge. Uh, We're fortunate in that that there were some visionary people involved in the beginning here, because it isn't a direct translation, and uh, it takes a little bit of being able to see the application across industries. Now, I think that Lean is enjoying widely that phenomenon, where people are, are seeing you know, this is not just a manufacturing thing. This applies well, in fact, maybe even better, to administrative processes, to service industry processes, to um, even some some processes that, that one wouldn't think of as being, you know, very lean-oriented. Uh, so in the beginning, we recognized that, that we had a lot of opportunities that we could apply this to. And we are willing to try it out, and they were great fits. And that continued. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'll, 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 I'm just going to confess this to, to the audience. I was a, a conventionally trained MBA, and when I was first exposed to this, I don't know that I was believing it. It sounded too good to be true. You know, I had spent 20 years in the government, I was used to things that gave 1% and 2% improvement. <laughs> yeah. And you know, things that were supposed to be giving me, you know, seventy five percent and ninety percent mm-hmm. improvements, I really needed to see that. And for about the first four to five months I'm I'm involved in this, doing these things and getting these phenomenal improvements and I'm wondering, you know, wow, is this real? Yeah. You know, what if I man, if I tell people are they going to think I'm crazy? And, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? The more you do, the more you realize this is really, this is really is working. Mm-hmm. These are absolutely verifiable results, and we validated the application that way. I mean, yes. it was one of those things. We didn't go into this, uh, you know, with this Pollyanna attitude that you know this is going to save the world. It was like okay, yeah. like yeah. prove it. And you know what? Lean proved it over and over again, to the point to where I I can remember being in my office thinking, this is a game changer. This is going to be, to law enforcement, what ComStat was to law enforcement. And the ComStat was when New York City started using very fresh computerized statistics to go after crime in a focused way, Mm -hmm. and they completely changed their crime dynamic there. Mm -hmm. When When I saw the effects that were happening... With this in our business, and realized the opportunity, I knew this was a deal changer.
0: Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to have that proof that lean works, rather than having it be a, a faith-based exercise of um, you know just of, of of a theory. I mean, I think there's no shame in, in being skeptical at first and and wanting to have it proven out. And I'm, I'm I'm guessing you must have faced a lot of skepticism. Um, amongst the officers and and good. Oh, yeah. So still do I, how, how do how do you get past that um, that barrier? Because I, I think that's a, a very common change management issue. Whether it's in healthcare or different non automotive parts of manufacturing, people say we're different, right?
1: Yeah, we're we're different, just like everybody else. Uh, and and police are the same way. They they feel like you know we're the police, we're different, and and so. <clears throat> You know, there's a couple of ways of dealing with that, and, and this, this could benefit your audience a lot because we're, we all run into it in this, in this improvement game. Uh, uh, what, what you find now is that, like I said, I, I was the, worked my way up through the chair of the consortium, and so, I mean, I've been exposed to everything from mom-and-pop machine shops to multinational uh, health care providers to police departments, military. Everybody's got the same problems. Uh, in this... Here's how we dealt with it. Initially, find out what's causing them pain. What's causing the troops pain? Because I have a theory that headquarters likes to take care of itself. But go find out what's causing pain in the rank and file. And apply an event to that problem. And clear it up. Yeah. Now, you've taken away their pain. They're happy. They like you. Mm Mm-hmm. You, uh, you've solved a problem for them. You know, so this isn't just something now that management's doing, trying to make them do, because it's good for management. No, it's actually good for them. And so in the early going, look at those things that are irritating to touch, you know, things that are causing them problems. Uh, I used to tell folks that, that I was running a pain management practice, you know, <laughs> and, and, and an epidemiology practice. So yeah. So I would hear... What's causing them pain on one hand, and then how bad is it, mm-hmm. you know, how widespread it is? Well, if it's painful and widespread, those are great things to start on. Now, I'm not saying you, know, you don't want to try to tackle world hunger right away, but uh, you go after those things, and now what happens is you win a bunch of fans, that'll help pull it from you. That's a much better problem yes. to have than trying mm-hmm. to push it out onto people who are resisting you.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great general lesson about you know not going out and saying, oh, okay, we're implementing lean, but to go out instead and to help solve people's problems, um, help
1: them be more effective. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, that's really what you're doing. So if you package it that way, it's a whole lot easier to swallow. Yeah. Now,
0: did, did you do training or, or use... Any of the lean terminology we talk about, you know, reducing pain. Did you talk about waste, or or did did you try to well, sort of keep away from some of those terms that people might associate with Toyota?
1: Okay, early on, the training material that we had, or that we had uh, inherited through our membership in the consortium, was very uh, manufacturing specific, mm-hmm. and so we did get a lot of uh, advice on, you know, maybe making it a little bit more law enforcement oriented. And we listened, and we did. Uh, but I don't think you can talk about lean without talking about waste, because yeah. to yeah. me it's really one and the same. Uh, we were giving everybody eight hours of introduction to continuous improvement training initially, so it was basically all day. But we were realizing that there was some really painful parts in the afternoon on metrics that uh, you know were difficult for the instructors and for the students and and for the most part these were we are just these. this was familiarization training yeah. for, for these these troops and uh... you know they weren't going to be doing a lot of those fundamental calculations anyway so we cut it down to four hours we, we went through it and said okay what do they really need to know you know what are the core philosophies and history of this you know mm-hmm. and 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 everything and we got it to four hours uh, with some simulations, and that has been very successful. In fact, we, it is our policy to train everyone. And uh, so everybody gets four hours introduction to continuous improvement training. From there, they can then go on and get training in becoming a 5S facilitator or in a Kaizen facilitation, which is a lot more training. Uh, and, and, you know, may even work their way into the continuous improvement unit where they're, they're running events all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, so maybe stepping back to Can I finish one yeah. thing? Yeah, oh. go ahead.
1: The, 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 the terminology. <clears throat> we made a decision that we were going to use the minimum amount of, in particular, Japanese terminology – and, and at the same time, avoid using very law enforcement-specific jargon. Uh, so what we did was we, we – those things where there is no commonly accepted English translation, we left the Japanese term in place because yeah. that's what they're going to run into when they talk to people outside of the agency that do this. We wanted, we wanted our people to be conversant outside of the agency, but without having to keep a Japanese-English dictionary in their pocket. Uh, <clears throat> so so there, was a, there was definitely an effort to tailor the terminology, not to completely scrub out the Japanese or to completely scrub out the manufacturing or to completely convert it to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted them to be able to converse with the, the broader lean community and uh, not you know, bore them with, with police jargon or uh, make them have to learn a second language either. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. So that was my speech on that.
0: Okay, that's fine. Um, I, I was wondering if we, if we could go back to the timeline a little bit, where you had said, you know, 2004 was some of the um, initial thought, 2005 it was made a full-time program. Um, what, what's the progression been over the last three four
1: years? Uh, okay, great Great question. Uh, what? What, what happened was, you know, they started the unit in 04, it was part-time, then in 05 went full-time. I came on board then, and we did some events. You know, this is really working out. We need to go ahead and get everybody trained. So from 05 until now, you know, there's been training for everybody in the core concepts like we've talked about. In 06, it was really kind of doing the pain management and there was a, some of your, your audience can appreciate this, uh, management uh, dictated events that weren't necessarily connected to the larger strategies uh, for the organization. And so in 06, uh, you know, we, we were kind of doing just a random collection of stuff, uh, learning what to do, and, and at the same time, kind of learning what not to do, or what or how to do things better. So then, in early '07, went to the sheriff and the under sheriff and said, uh, "You know, there's there's 3,200 people in this organization, and there's only a few people who are doing this full time, and we're not going to get to everybody. Yeah. You know, so we've got to have a fundamental rethink on how we're doing this thing." I said, right now, we've got a pyramid, and it's upside down, so we've got all the stones resting on a few, and that's just not a very functional way to get this out to the masses.
0: Uh, what and, was, uh, was, was that team running um, Kaizen events? Was that one of the limiting factors, then, of how many events they could be involved in, or what, what was the structure?
1: Well, that would be one of the limiting factors. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we just didn't have enough percentage of people properly trained and, and actively doing it. Yeah. That and critical, critical issue was where did the responsibility for doing continuous improvement rest? At that point, it rested with the continuous improvement unit.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Right. So these dozens and dozens of middle managers, upper and middle, and even, you know, first-line managers – it's not on their to do list.
0: And that's not uncommon.
1: No, it's not uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a critical it's a critical concept to getting this into the larger organization. So <clears throat> the sheriff saw the wisdom in we need to invert the pyramid for one and have everybody doing this. And the responsibility shifted to the operational commands. Yeah. So that, you know, basically what's on somebody's to-do list or somebody's boss's to-do list gets done. So I said, look, look this has got to be on management's to-do list. You know, it's got to be on yours. And then, you know, it rolls down through the, uh, the senior leadership of the organization. And then at each level, people are going to salute smartly and go do it because their boss said, hey, we need to be doing these things. We need to get better. We need to... Be, uh, looking at our processes that was the thing that changed the game mm-hmm. for us because now the the horsepower in the agency is applied across the, or, the organization instead of having this kind of boutique uh, situation where you've got this you know very highly placed but small, Little salon doing continuous improvement for the organization. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a long time for everybody to get a haircut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now you've got everybody at least trained up to be a barber, mm-hmm. and you know everybody's getting haircuts on a regular basis. Well, that's a much much more powerful and effective paradigm. So, you know the uh, the pregnant moment was when the undersheriff said, "So what's your plan?" Mm-hmm. And I realized I was staring at a bunch of legal papers with handwritten notes on it, and I didn't have one, (laughs) and went and looked for good plans. And I found an extraordinarily well-done plan that is really translates well into organizations of almost any size, all the way from small units up through an organization the size of the Department of Defense, and that is the Department of Defense's guidebook for continuous improvement. Yes. That is a phenomenally well-done document. I think it is a seminal document on how to do continuous improvement in organizations. And I, one of the things that I am proudest of is recognizing the value of that thing and making some adaptations to law enforcement and getting our administration to uh, sign off on using that as our guidebook. Yeah. It is a soup to nuts how to do this thing based on a lot of other people's good and bad experiences, and I'm firmly of the opinion that if somebody else has a bad experience, I don't need to have it with them to, <laughs> yeah. to benefit from it.
0: Yeah, now, um, is, is that DOD document, is that by chance a public document that, that, that people it is. could go look at online?
1: It is. It okay. is okay. Department of Defense Continuous Process Improvement Guidebook. Uh, the one that we That's had that was dated May of '06. And it was basically uh, put out by the Undersecretary of Defense for for their elements.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm sure uh, I'll I'll post a link to that on uh, on my site, but people can go Google that phrase. I'm sure. And, okay. And I'll and try find to it see what I do to send
1: you something. Yeah.
0: And you know what, what I like about all that discussion, we you know we uh, we're not talking about um, lean law enforcement anymore. We're talking about lean. I mean, those are general. general Questions right. everybody's struggling with the, like, how to get the line managers and, and the day-to-day frontline staff involved in continuous improvement right
1: yes absolutely and and and, and that, that's good I, and I'll tie back to two other points one was was uh, you know everybody's saying that we're different well <clears throat> and police very much feel like they're different so one of the things I would ask them is do we have more vernacular than the military mm-hmm Uh, The answer to that would be no. Do we do things that are more unique than the military? Again, no. Do we have a longer, more storied history than the military? No, again. So if the military, for all its uniqueness, can do this and do it quite well and be way ahead of where we are now, then troops... (laughs) you are different like everybody else. Come on. Let's get with it and you know, stop the stalling techniques. Yeah. And uh and and so that applies to everybody else whether you're holding a scalpel, a pistol, okay. a rope, you know, a uh, soldering iron. Uh So so I I just wanted to to loop back to that is that that uh you know, the it is it is about doing lean and not just in law enforcement or in healthcare or in education or in manufacturing or in the service industry or the administrative industries. Yeah, it applies everywhere. The concepts are so generic that that really it's up to us to make them more specific. Yeah, you know, and the fact that, that there were some specific examples in the beginning that had to be genericized, that the, the concept started as generics. You know, it's just going back to those.